Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Pop a top again. I've just got time for one more round. Set them up, my friend. All right, welcome back to episode 56 of Two Drunk Brothers on a Podcast, presented by the Hub Chicago. And, you know, really got a, a little bit of a loosey goosey episode for you this week. Um, we'll talk more about it later. We're basically going to talk about some stuff on the intro give our normal gambling picks as always um, in the Degenerous Digest. And then we're going to roll into uh, the trending topic segment we're going to call it this week where we field some questions and just talk about some open floor items, um, the college football landscape, you know, all that good stuff. Um, but first and foremost, we got some breaking news on the podcast. Breaking uh, news. Breaking news. Uh, the number one team in the country, college basketball it is, the Kentucky Wildcats lost to Evansville tonight. I just don't understand how that's possible. Evansville. Stunned by Evansville is what it says right here. Um, the Purple 67, Aces. 67-64. The Evansville Purple Aces. Uh, reading some stats right here. BPI gave Evansville a 4%, 4% chance to win the game. Um, I believe if, if you go back and listen, we've talked about college basketball for maybe six seconds on this podcast this year. Um, but I said I feel like literally it's wide open and – Kentucky, the number one team in the country, losing to Evansville at home is a perfect example of that. You know what probably doesn't help is the fact that Kentucky had six assists in this game. Yep. Can't be playing a bunch of iso ball. That's for damn sure. They shot 37% from the field, 23% from three, 80% from the free throw uh, mark, where they shot also twice as many as Evansville did. And they shot what? they shot what from the free throw line? They shot 20 of 25, so 80%. Evansville was 12 of 13. They got out-rebounded. Evansville had one more turnover. Both had the same amount of fouls, though. Um, so I don't know what happened. Evansville didn't even shoot the ball that great. 38% from the field and 30% from three. Weird, man. College, I mean, literally, college basketball is – one of the best sports in that regard is all year round, really, but especially come tournament time, just because, you know, on any given day, anybody can be anybody. And I feel like that it, that's somewhat the case for college football, but not always the case for, case for college basketball. So um, with that being said, we, uh, you know, like Kentucky did, did go down. So um, let's roll into some more topics. And we're recording this on Tuesday, November 12th, the evening before my 28th birthday. So happy early birthday to myself. Old man status. Yep. But um, also, last night was probably for me, at least this year, the best regular season game I've seen this year between the 49ers and the Seahawks. Um, yeah, it made, me, it made me poop my pants a little bit. Yes. Seahawks money line, and I wanted the Seahawks to win. Um, it was great. It was a great game all the way through. Actually – Really not until Jadavian Clowney had that fumble recovery for a touchdown. Before then, I thought the 49ers were going to run away with it. Um, but we have up here some some bullshit calls that the rest kind of screwed over at the beginning of the game. Before I want to talk about that, I mean, yeah, the, the bullshit calls. I do want to mention something that I noticed on the podcast, not the podcast, on the broadcast last night. I almost tweeted it because this is how dumb. Like literally that Monday night broadcast crew is horrendous. Forget the dude. It's Booger McFarlane. Booger McFarlane. They show Javian Clowney. It's like midway through the third quarter or something like that, or in the fourth. He's like, I don't care if the stats don't say it. Javian Clowney's playing a great game, and they show Javian Clowney's stats, and he's got a, a defensive touchdown, a sack, forced fumble, and like in like five quarterback pressures or something like that. I'm like, 
what are you talking about this? If I don't care about the stat sheet, like the stat sheet literally said he's having a great game. Like Booger McFarland is the worst. He's the worst. That Monday Night Crew is awful. It was terrible last year when they had Jason Witten. They just need to fucking nut up and hire Pat McAfee because I mean they need to hire somebody to make it interesting because that that booth is awful. And fuck yeah. So, um, but like Travis said, there were some bullshit calls last night in that game as well. Um, this is what one thing that I wanted to bring up. I saw a picture of when DK Metcalf fumbled on the two yard line, the guy that stripped the ball out and was grabbing the ball was completely out of bounds. Like he, he was standing out of bounds, tackling him, like trying to strip the ball out of his hands. By the time he got it out, he was in bounds, but he was tackling him out of bounds. I feel like that is, should be some sort of illegal touching. I know it's not, but I'm just saying, if you're going to make the offensive guy reestablish his feet and bounds, I feel like the defensive guy needs to before he tries to make a tackle. Not even make a tackle. I mean, I feel like that. Fine, you can tackle him, but the fumble should have been null and void um, because you can't strip while you're out of bounds. Like you're getting an extra. I don't know what is it like fucking three yards right there with with the white on the outside of the of of the of the turf. I mean that I saw that this morning. Um, what more more pissed me off? There was two calls in particular. Um, there was one defensive pass interference call on the on the Seahawks, where a guy on the Niners was running a comeback route, and like the Seahawks guy got the Seahawks defender got there a little late, and they there was it was the mo, it was the softest defensive pi I've seen. Was that on the first drive? Yes, I think so. Yeah, I think it was the second one. It was the second call because the first one's holding, which was. Very questionable. Second one was that PI call. And the holding actually that they called it back on was Jimmy G got intercepted. So that was a big momentum play as well. Yeah. Another one was late in the game that not a lot of people were probably going to talk about. It was on the drive where the Niners went down and tied the and hit the game tying field goal. They were down twenty one eighteen and they drove downfield and hit the hit the game tying field goal. It was a punt and the Seahawks punter put the ball inside the 15-yard line. It was like the 13 or 12 is where the guy caught it at. And the and Seattle tackled him. But the punt returner went down low. Like he took, like try to dodge it. So what do you as a tackler have to do? Go down low and tackle. They fucking threw a flag for lowering the helmet. That shit is the most ridiculous bullshit I've ever seen. If the fucking offensive player goes down low, then it, and the defensive player has no other choice to go down low. And they called lowering the helmet. They got 15 yards, so instead of getting it at the like close to the 15, they got it almost to the 30. So they only had like 40 yards to go to get in field goal range. It's bullshit. Yeah, I must have missed that call. I'm it was just, horrendous. I'm tired of tired of these NFL refs. I'm also tired of and like late game defenses playing prevent and then just letting the other the offense drive 50, 60 yards to kick a field goal to tie at the game late. It happens so often, and it drives me insane. So it happened in the Seahawks game. They were just playing such soft coverage, they let them get all the way down to like the 30. I just don't get it. Like the Seahawks were putting so much pressure on Jimmy G all night, blitzing the fuck out of him, causing some pressure, and then making him make mistakes – it's like, oh, we're so afraid that we're going to let up a touchdown, so we're just going to play him soft and let him get 10 yards at a time. That's my thing. Uh, I've always been not a fan of of playing not to lose. you got to play. You, I've quoted Herm Edwards on this, on this podcast before. You play to win the game. I mean, that's simple. So we'll yeah, see how it goes going down the stretch, but definitely no more undefeated teams in the NFL. The 49ers fell. I told you. I told you the Seahawks had to go down, or the 49ers had to go down, and to who better than Russell Wilson, the Seahawks? Yeah, so to all you guys listening, if you guys listen to the podcast last week, I did have Niners minus six. I totally fucking welts on my pick last night. I was down in a hole, and I I needed something. But also for me, a big factor about it was George Kittle didn't play. Like, George Kittle was a big piece of that. And then Emmanuel Sanders went out. I mean, that was – I think I think if Emmanuel Sanders and George Kittle play in that game, they probably cover. I think um, that's true. But them missing George Kittle was, was a big reason why why I welched on it, and it, it turned out in, the, in my favor. But anyway, um, another thing I want to talk about on this intro right here is what the fuck is going on with special teams units in the NFL. There is a really good video of Travis and myself that we may put out. We don't know that 
our good buddy Sean Malone recorded. Shout out Sean. Um, we both bet on the the on the Chiefs pretty heavily on Sunday, um, and obviously we all know how that went. So yeah, all they had to do was kick a field goal to hit the hit the spread of six. They would have went up eight, and then it just was a dumpster fire. But I'm gonna throw these stats at you. Uh, about special teams units in the NFL. They're definitely getting worse and worse every year, and this is why. The field goal percentage is the lowest it has been since 2003. Wow. At 80.5% of field goals made. The extra point percentage is the lowest it's been since they pushed them back, and the lowest it's been since 1979 at 93.4%. That's insane to me because I know – the Dolphins game on Sunday, Adam Vinatieri once again missed another big field goal. And they actually brought in four kickers today for a tryout. One of them was Cody Parkey. Um, oh, man. Yeah. So people are recognizing that. And then talk about a, a totally a kicker who was the moment was too big for him, was all homeboy from Illinois for the fucking Niners last night. That moment was way too big for him because everything was perfect. The snap, the hold. He perfect. had made all three of his – field goals though and he did you know the stat that he had never kicked an overtime field goal or game winning for the nfl or game winning field goal overtime or game winning yeah so. i mean he played he played for illinois so he probably didn't get a lot of opportunities <laughs> not a lot of game winning opportunities there but no overtime no game winning field goals in his career yeah so dude was I mean, shaking in his boots yeah he probably was obviously showed but Special teams are a problem in the NFL, and it's not just the field goal units. I mean, it's everything. I've seen kick coverage be worse this year. Punt coverages have been very, very bad this year. Um, it's just – it's an epidemic. Something's um, got to be done about punts because anytime you catch a punt and return it, there's a flag. Every, every time. time. It's, it's the most fucking stupid thing ever. Like, I don't even get jacked up for a punt returning. Like, I'm my automatic response on a good return is – um, you know, where's the flag? You know, where's the flag? I was, there has to be a block in the back or a fucking hold or something somewhere. Um, yeah. so special teams, in the NFL is a problem. Um, if you got a good coach, stick with them. Uh, shout out our boy, Jason Sanders down there in Miami, the kicker. He's, uh, was pretty solid on Sunday in that win over the Colts, which if you're a Colts fan, yikes, not a good look, not a good look. <laughs> um, but Jarrett mentioned earlier that he wants to get average, get out of his average gambling territory, which as of the last three weeks hasn't even been average. Uh, we're going to set a goal for him. His last three weeks, he's 11 and 17. What so Jarrett. Four, like four and five, four and five, and then three and six. Something like that. Yeah. Path to B. So we have what, nine lines, eight lines? Nine if you want to count the upside of the week. No, so we'll just well we usually we count it for our record, but we're not going to count it for this sake. We have eight lines. You need to go five and three. Yep, I'm cool with that. Even if you go four and four, you're getting a punishment. Yep. My last three weeks, I'm thirteen and fourteen, so not terrible. I'm I need to at least go five hundred. But I'm what's not my what's my record on the year? God damn it, myself. I don't I don't have the numbers, but you we're both still over five hundred on the year. You're one football? game above 500 on football. Okay. I am 11 below, so not okay. good, but we're both over 500. Travis, Missouri. Uh, not lost. very much, though. Missouri all the time. But that's our gambling records. Jarrett needs to go 5-3 and three this week, so he's got some pressure on him. Not a great start because I just bet on Mizzou money line, and they lost in overtime. So. <laughs> that's about all we have for the intro. We're going to roll into Degenerates Digest with our picks. Hey everyone, as you know, we've been recording with Anchor for about a year now, and honestly, it's the best way to record a podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast because A, it's free, B, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. I'm actually recording this ad from my phone, and they'll distribute your podcast to you for free to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and like 10 other platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership required, and it makes everything so simple. If you want to start a podcast today, go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. My friends are degenerates, but I never change them. Liars, cheats, and hypocrites, not the time for saving.
All right. Rolling the Generous Digest, our normal college football slate, three picks plus the lock, primetime NFL games, lock of the week, and upset of the week. So, that being said, Travis, I'm going to roll into my first college game. Um, mine is the now number two Ohio State Buckeyes at Rutgers on Saturday at 2.30 on the Big Ten Network. And uh, I already mentioned Sean once on this podcast, but I'll mention him again. Our good buddy Sean Malone mentioned us, um, said, you know, because Darren Novell asked a question on Twitter, who do you have covering this game for Ohio State and Rutgers? Because the spread is fucking 52, 52 points. It's crazy. And I tweeted back at him. I said, I have, I have an opinion. It's my first game. I'm taking Rutgers at plus 52. Dude. Call me crazy. That is like, I, I, I honest to God, don't even have a good reason. Travis and I talked about this. It's just so fucking big. Their average margin of victory this year is 42.4. And this is a conference game on the road. I get it. I know it's Rutgers. But I could see a team like Ohio State, who's undefeated, getting up by five or six touchdowns, so 35 to, 40, to 42 points in that range, and totally letting off the gas, putting in their backups, and then you know allowing maybe Rutgers to score a couple touchdowns. Maybe, maybe Ohio State scores one or two more. I don't see them blanking them 52 to nothing or something like that. That's literally what this is going to have to be. My my problem is that Ohio State has already beat two teams over more than fifty two, um, and I can see them being one of them too. The only defense I have for Rutgers is that it is a home game, and they have not lost a game this year by more than fifty two. They lost by exactly fifty two at Michigan. Yeah, but man, it just scares me. It does, but I. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a Buy four tires and get up to $200 in savings after rebate at Bell Tire's year-end sale. Or get even more in Bell Tire gift cards, December 26th through January 7th. Plus, get tires as low as $49 after rebate. Get up to $200 in savings. Or get even more in gift cards, December 26th through January 7th. Get up to $200 in savings and choose the lowest tire price, period, at Bell Tire. 100 years of getting folks safely back on the road fast and affordably. See store or belltire.com for details. Restrictions apply. I looked at it and I just had, like, it's my first game I'm talking about. So it's the one I'm least confident about. But 52 is just too rich. Like, anytime I did this early in the year, whenever Nebraska played whoever it was, it was like 36 point spread. I mean, uh, it's just too big for me, which is why I'm taking it. All right. My first game is, to, is Wednesday at 7 p.m. So the day this comes out. So you better listen to it. Northern Illinois at Toledo. Toledo's two-and-a-half-point favorites. That's what I'm taking. Toledo minus 2.5. Some Wednesday night action on ESPN, too. So get your wine Wednesday on. Have a nice hangover for Thursday. It's my birthday. Yeah, exactly. Toledo's absolutely nails at home. They're 5-0 on home turf this year with only one of those games uh, where the spread would not have hit. So what else do you need to know? They are a good team at home playing a three and six Northern Illinois team. There you go. I like it. Um, I bet on Northern Illinois once this year. They fucked me. So fuck off, you so you husky bastards. Jimmy, who's the Northern Illinois quarterback? Some kid. Jordan Lynch. It is Jordan Lynch. He's not even in the league anymore. Probably. My next game is we're getting we're getting we're getting action for every night of the week for you for you ladies and gents because my my third my second game is UNC at Pittsburgh Thursday night. 7 o'clock on ESPN. Pat McAfee will be in the booth. Um, and uh, the spread is four, and Pittsburgh are the favorites, and I'm taking the Pittsburgh Pirates at minus four. At home. Pirates? Panthers. <laughs> Panthers. Shit. <laughs> wow. We got some early baseball slated for you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, uh, some November baseball for you. Anyway, I'm going with the Pittsburgh Panthers, minus four at home on Thursday night against the, the Tar Heels. Pitt is six and three against the spread. UNC's five and four. So I mean, take it or leave it there. But Pitt is the far superior team, as especially as of late. UNC's two and three in their last five. Pitt's four and one. 
Pitt is a stout defense, especially against the run. So you take a good run defense, uh, a more hot team at home, in prime time on ESPN. I'm hammering the Panthers at minus four. All right. Got some some shaky lines or some risky lines for Jarrett to go five and three, but I like it. Um, mine, my second game is a Friday night game. So we got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at 830. It's Fresno State at San Diego State. And I'm not touching the spread. The over-under is 42 and a half. And I am taking over 42 and a half. Yes, San Diego State has one of the better defenses in the in the NCAA, but we all know how that can hold up against good offenses. Cough, cough, LSU and Alabama. Yeah. Uh, Fresno's defense is not good, so that's what kind of made me lean towards the over, and their offense can score. They're averaging 34 points per game. This over would have hit in every single one of Fresno State's games this year, so it seems reasonable to me as a spread is a low one for college football. Over 42 and a half. And that was who at Fresno State? Fresno State at San Diego State. I like that one. I like that one. Big Cal matchup there. My next one, the um, now number five Alabama Crimson Tide at Oof. Mississippi State, 11 a.m. on ESPN. Um, the spread is 21 and a half. You guys know who the favorites are. I'm taking the, the Crimson Tide at minus 21 and a half at Mississippi State. So this is this is gonna this is gonna play a theme later. So Travis, l- listen up on this one. This is gonna be very similar to a stat that I'll throw out later in the NFL picks. Okay. Since Alabama's run of dominance really really began in '09, they are eight and one after a loss, and their average margin of victory in those games after losses is twenty. Couple that with the Bulldogs being 60th in the country in yards allowed per game, and Bama being eighth in the country in yards per game at 510. I just think this is spells trouble. Mississippi State is not good. Bama's me looking for blood. Twenty-one and a half. I think they might win by thirty. So twenty-one and a half uh, favorites. Alabama is lock it in. All right, big spread. I like it. My third game: UCLA at number eight, Utah. Uh, this is Saturday at seven p.m. It's a night game. Again, not touching the spread. Over/under is fifty-one and a half in Utah, and I am hitting the under. Of 51 and a half. We've talked time in and time again about how Utah's defense is one of the best in the country and how good they are. Last week, they did let up a bit more points than usual to Washington, but that was expected because Washington's offense is good. But the over has only hit twice this season in Utah's nine games, and making that obviously, they've never had an over in back to back games. So the over hit last week, not looking pretty good in this week. In Utah, they should be able to return to form at home against an average four and five UCLA team. Uh, so under fifty one and a half in that matchup. There we go. Like that a lot. Utah's got a stout defense. Definitely one to take a look at. Going into our locks of the week, my lock of the week is now I think the number seven Minnesota Golden Gophers at Iowa. This is Saturday at three o'clock on Fox, and for whatever fucking reason. The Golden Gophers are dogs, and they are plus three. And that is who I'm taking. I would even look at the money line on this one, but I'm just going to be safe. And for my lock, I'm going to say plus three Golden Gophers on the road at Iowa. Um, they, are legit, they are legit. They smacked down Penn State at home last week. Um, and while this game's on the road, I think P.J. Fleck has those boys rowing the fucking boat. Minnesota is 6-2-1 and one against the spread this year. Iowa's 4-5. and five. Also, the Hawkeyes – are 2-2 two and two against the spread as home favorites this year. Minnesota is 1-0 against the spread as a road dog. Furthermore, Minnesota hasn't scored less than 30 points since week one. Iowa's offense is average at best. I think Minnesota can get it done on the road, but just for the podcast's sake, I'll take them at plus three for my lock of the week. All right. That's a big, bold one. Should be a good game. My lock of the week is one you probably will not watch. This is also a Friday night game at 6 p.m. It is Louisiana Tech at Marshall. And Louisiana Tech is the dog at plus two and a half. So I'm taking that, but I also like the money line. So you can do whichever you want. Louisiana Tech is eight and one versus a pretty good six and three Marshall team. So it should make for some good Friday night football. Louisiana Tech is also the 13th best offense in college football, averaging 38 points per game. 
not only are they an explosive team, but I think they can outpace this Marshall team with an average offense as well as I like them because they're six and three against the spread, while Marshall is only three and six. So I think if they keep up what they're doing, should be a solid victory for them. They're plus 120 right now. So if you're feeling ballsy, take that. Other than that, you can hit that plus two and a half spread. There you go. So Travis going with a couple low ball games this week, but I don't mind it. We're going to roll into the NFL, keep this thing moving along. With our Thursday night game in the NFL, the National Football League, we got the Steelers at the Brownies and the Steelers. Um, sorry, the Browns are two and a half point favorites and the over under is 40. Um, Travis, I want you to go first because I actually, you know what? Fuck it. I'll go. Um, my record on Thursday night football leads to kind of, you know, explain itself. Terrible. I think I, think I said one in 10 on that Instagram story last week. I'm actually one in nine. I think cause this is week- now you're one in 10. There's been 11 weeks. Okay. It's awful. So my, so I wanted to go Steelers plus two and a half. But the way I'm going, I'm going opposite of my gut, and I'm going Browns minus two and a half. So that's the, my only reasoning is because I wanted to do Steelers plus two and a half, but I'm going to take the other way and go Browns minus two and a half. Browns minus two and a half. I'd like that pick, but I'm not touching it. I'm hitting the over 40. I think okay. it's a very, very low over under as both teams have kind of started to pick it up recently on offense. They've kind of found their groove a little bit. And I'm mainly just not picking against the spread because I can't pick against Baker. I'm going to be rooting for the Browns, but it was too much. Probably would have been too much stress for me to pick the Browns minus two and a half. So I'm just hoping for a high-scoring action-packed game of over 40. Yeah. I mean, like I said, mine is because I wanted to do Steelers, but. I could also see this game being like 2017, being like 37, just fucking me over. Yeah, my my thing is the Steelers defense has got to come to a halt at some point. I mean – Fuck, yeah. dude. Like, Mika Fitzpatrick, like, people are saying it. He's literally playing like the defensive player of the year. I mean, yeah, since he's been traded, he's been pretty phenomenal. It's crazy. Anyway, um, so that's Thursday night. Let's roll into Sunday night, which is sure to be a fucking trash bag of a game. I will, oh, my God. I watched, I watched this past Sunday. I don't think I'll watch it this Sunday. Um, it's the Bears at the Rams. The, Bear, the Rams, I'm sorry, are seven-point favorites. And the over-under is 41. Um, I think we're probably the same one in this one. I have the Rams minus seven. I don't, so I'll let you go first. Do you have the Bears plus seven? Nope. Okay. Um, I just think that the Rams absolutely have to have some sort of fire under their ass after this pretty disappointment of a start. Uh, They cannot come out flat. They need to come out strong against the Bears team, who's looked Pretty fucking horrific pretty much the whole season. Being back at home, I think, helps this Rams team out. They are 6-3 and three against the spread, which gives me a little bit of hope since they're playing such a horrible Bears team. They have yet to impress at home, which is why I think they finally, you know, crack the shield, get going. And not to mention, Mitch Trubisky is going to crack like a saltine under the pressure of that Rams defensive line. Yeah, I definitely agree with that last point especially, and I'll kind of talk talk more about that. Um, but I'll talk about the other quarterback who's probably just pl- playing just as bad this year. Um, not just as bad, but he's not playing great. I have, uh, I'm going to go with the under of 41 in this game. I don't think this is going to be a good game by any stretch of the measure. The Rams for me, to me are really struggling to find an identity on offense without Brandon cooks. Goff has looked horrendous in his most recent games. Um, they don't know what to do with Todd Gurley. They are trying to, factor in too many running backs into the rotation. I think they're trying to force it too much. McVay's trying to prove he's a genius. Here's Jared Goff in his last three games. Ready for this? He is 55 for 109. That's 50.4% completion. Trash. He's thrown for 883 yards. Not bad in those three games. But he also has four touchdowns and two picks. So, again, not bad. What, for me, is concerning is that 50% completion percentage. That's just fucking – those are drive killers. Like you have to complete three and outs. Yeah, you have to fucking complete drives. You have to do that. Um, also, this under forty one would have hit in each of these teams three of their last five games. So I just think it's a it's a safe bet. I don't see the Bears scoring more than ten. I don't see the Rams scoring more than twenty. So, all right, should make for a uh, pretty boring game. Then if that's the case, hundred percent. 
Um, the Monday night game, though, should be a good one in Mexico City. Haven't been able to have a game in Mexico because them fuckers can't get their fields right, apparently. But I guess they got it. Chiefs at Chargers. Chiefs are minus four. Four-point favorites over under 52 and a half. Um, I'm going to lead this one off. I, I don't know why I'm going to do it again because they fucked me over last week. I did, I'm taking I, the Chiefs. I did it too. I'm taking the Chiefs at minus four. I have the worst taste in my mouth. Thanks to their special teams unit last week. I know Jarrett mentioned it. Uh, call us call us out if you've listened to this part of the podcast. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll just play a little clip of it because here was Travis and I watching that field goal to um, to go – was it to, to, to go up by eight because the spread was six. So that was Travis. Just we'll release the video um, probably sometime this week so you can see it. Um, yeah, it was, it was awful. But I, I have to roll with the cheese here uh, in Mexico City. They can't afford to even make this game close. They're 6-4. and four. They're on the brink of blowing this division at this point. Uh, and they're going to need their, uh, their offense back to win it. I know their defense is brutally awful, but it's so hard to keep up with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs' offensive production that I think it is. they can squeeze out a, a seven to ten point win. Yeah, man. Uh, like, I, dude, every time I fucking play that video, I just I keep fucking hearing. I almost just spit out my drink. Every hearing time. Billy laughing, like Billy is sat in that fucking chair and watched it like eight times, and just laughed every single time. Um, anyway, I'm going with the Chiefs minus four as well. It's a neutral site game, and for me. Both these defenses aren't great. They're both allowing um, nearly six yards per play against opponents, 5.5 for the Chargers and 5.6 for Kansas City. Both of the offenses can't explode. I think Kansas City's going to look better with Mahomes being in his second week back from injury. I feel like he wasn't as limber and as mobile as he was last week. That caused him to kind of stall out on some drives. Um, and I think Rivers and the Chargers' offense just looks average. You know, um, I don't think they're going to be able to find rhythm. Um, they might be able to get it going, but I don't see Casey dropping two in a row. I think Mahomes shines in this one, and uh, they get it done against the Chargers. Agreed, agreed. Uh, so going into our lock and upset of the week, I didn't really like any of these at all. But I'm going to go with my lock of the week, and that is going to be Sunday at 325. It is the Patriots at the Eagles, and the Patriots are three-and-a-half-point favorites. Oh, they're three-and-a-half now. Yeah. I got them at four, so. Yeah, Patriots are three and a half, and that's what I'm taking. All right, Patriots, so, yep. You have the same thing? Yes. They do not lose two in a row, especially with how shaky this Eagles offense has been all year. They've been so inconsistent. I'm not saying they're going to get blown blown out or by any means, but three and a half, that's, that's so easy for this Patriots team to do, especially with how good their defense has been. And I'm sure they got their ass reamed by Bill Belichick after how their defense played last weekend. Yeah, on the sidelines, you you motherfuckers. You wanted yeah. to, you wanted to cut them all. You know they're they're gonna come out with the fire under their ass here and get probably a double digit win. I would say. Yep. So love this pick, Travis. Uh, I had it at minus four, but I will take it at minus three and a half. So lock me in at that. Um, the only stat you need to know in this game, the website that I use for this stuff. It only goes back to 2003. Belichick took over in 2000, but so I'm going to go back to 2003. That still gives you 16 years of data. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Buy four tires and get up to $200 in savings after rebate at Bell Tire's year-end sale. Or get even more in Bell Tire gift cards, December 26th through January 7th. Plus, get tires as low as $49 after rebate. Get up to $200 in savings. Or get even more in gift cards, December 26th through January 7th. Get up to $200 in savings and choose the lowest tire price, period, at... 
Bell Tire. 100 years of getting folks safely back on the road fast and affordably. See store or belltire.com for details. Restrictions apply. Since 2003, the Pats are 24-4 and after the bye week with an average margin of victory of 12.5. Locks don't get any better than that. I mean, the Pats do not lose after the bye. I mean, history shows 24-4 and after a bye week. Now, I know people are like, that's 28 games and only – Fucking in only 16 years. That also takes into effect for, for playoff games when they have first round buys. Um, so after they have a bye week of rest, two weeks to prepare for a team, they are 24 and four, average margin of victory at 12 and a half. The spread's only three and a half. That gives you nine points of flexibility. I just think this is, this is like, this may be the lock of the fucking century. Yeah, I like it a lot. Even though it's in Philly, I still like it. Um, which takes us into our upset, and we might have the same one because I didn't like a lot of upsets. This was one that just kind of stood out to me. Mine's a noon game on Sunday. It is the Jaguars at the Ooh. Colts. Uh, I didn't Jags see this pl- one, really. I didn't see this one. Yeah, Jags are plus 140 uh, in Indianapolis. Um, it's kind of up in the air for me right now, though. I love this pick if Jacoby Brissett is not playing. I still – like it even with him in they have just not looked well their offensive line like i was listening to pat McAfee show today he called out their offensive lines and they said they've looked they look they look garbage against a dolphins team that's 30th against the run yeah i mean who they just beat a team 17 14 uh recently or 15 13 the denver broncos at home uh, with Jacoby Brissett. they have just not looked good and the jags are coming fresh off after a bye week uh, needing a win, I think they can go into Indianapolis and get it done because the weather's not going to play a factor there. Uh, I really plus one forty, and Nick Foles is supposed to be back this week, right? Yeah, and uh, my upset of the week was Nolan Void last week because Matt Stafford did not play. So, if you oh know, yeah, I was definitely definitely wanted to mention that um, the the it was definitely Nolan Void, but if you're and we're not doing as hot now, we're nine and four with our upsets, nine and five, nine and six. Upsets. Nine and five, if you want to count yours. No, because that's yeah. No, we, without counting mine, we're okay. Nine. Yeah, yep, yep. We're nine and six now, but you're still up on the year. Um, so my upset of the week is, if you want to call it an upset, if you are to look at it, it is an upset. It's the Jets at the Redskins at noon on Sunday, and the Jets are the underdogs, but the money line is is even. Um, the Redskins are the favorite at minus 120. Um, so the Jets are the underdogs. So if you bet 10, you win 10. Um, bet 50, you win 50, whatever you want to do. I know this isn't the sexy money line, but the Jets are road dogs and it looked good. And they look good against a bad Giants defense on Sunday. But the Skins aren't much better on defense by, by any stretch of the measure. They're allowing 136 yards per game on the ground. So if the Jets want to win this game, if Adam Gase is smart, which shouldn't be used ever in the same sentence. Um, they should just give the ball to <laughs> they should just give they should just give the ball to Le'Veon Bell and just let Big Dog eat, take some pressure off Darnold, because when the pressure's off of him, he actually looks decent. I mean, there's no way the Redskins win two games this year, right? I don't know. Did the Jets win two games this year? Yeah, they beat the Cow they beat the Cowboys and they've now beat and they beat the Giants on Sunday. Oh yeah, I forgot about that game. Um yeah. Do the Jets win three? I mean, I don't think I, they have enough talent to be a four or five win team for sure. I just don't think the, the Redskins are starting a rookie quarterback. The Jets have a decent fucking defensive line with Quinn and Williams. He's starting to show up now. The last two weeks, he's showing up, he's showing up pretty big. Yeah. Um, I just think the Jets are the better team. They have more talent. I think this game is only the reason why the Jets are the underdog is because it's on the road. So Jets even at the Redskins at noon on Sunday. All right, don't mind that. There just wasn't a lot of upsets to pick from. Um, there wasn't big with big value. Um, so that's kind of what we. The Dolphins we, have been playing some good football, and the Bills are traveling to South Florida, which they never played good at. That was a pretty big one if you want to look at value wise. I think they're like plus two ten. Hey, I am. I have a Dolphins pullover, a teal Dolphins pullover, and I've worn it the last. Haven't worn it all season. Wore it the last two weeks. So I'm wearing it again on Sunday. There we go. There we go. Might throw a little nine little and seven. Out. There we go. Nine and seven. Playoff bound. No, <laughs> but I, I, I do to get on my little homerism soapbox a little bit. For anyone who's not a Dolphins fan and is not l- looking at what's going on in in South Florida, 
y'all got some problems coming in the future because Brian Flores can fucking coach. That's all I got to say. Yeah, and everyone's like, oh, they're ruining their number one draft pick. I don't care. It's fun to see us win games against teams who come in and think that they have an easy win on their hands. For us to win games that we shouldn't win, that we don't deserve to win, with the like, people don't understand. We're literally starting like practice squad players in the secondary. And they're playing amazing. Yeah. So, suck a dick. Anyway, that is the Degenerates Digest portion of our episode. We're going to roll into the trending topic segment. We're just going to talk about a slew of different shit, kind of like, you know, I guess a, a melting pot per se of sports topics. So, let's get it. All right. So, we're on a trending topic segment. Um, thank God they started releasing these fucking playoff rankings earlier. So, they released a couple hours before we recorded the podcast tonight. Um, they're going to re- release them every Tuesday, so we might as well fucking talk about them every Tuesday. Um, the new college football playoff rankings came out, and obviously there's going to be a shakeup because number two, Alabama played – or LSU. Number three. Yeah, played number two. Um, LSU last week and LSU obviously won that game. So they just came out this week tonight, and I can't find them. So I goes one LSU jumped Ohio state. So they are now on the one Ohio state is two Clemson is three and Georgia is four. Georgia jumped Alabama who is five Oregon six. And that's kind of all you need to know for right now. Um, well, no, 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 you don't. Cause Minnesota is seven. Yeah. Minnesota, Minnesota is eight. Utah is seven. Ooh. Um, I don't know about that. And it kind of, it kind of throws me off. Why Baylor is still 13? I mean, they're 9-0. and They they can't really do – I mean, they play in the Big 12, too. If fucking Oklahoma was 9-0, and they'd be in the top four. Well, there you go. That's They will get their chance this weekend because they actually play Oklahoma. Baylor? Yep. They will get their shot this weekend if Baylor beats Oklahoma. Is it, at, uh, is it in Baylor? I think it is on the road in Oklahoma. So – if 9-0 Baylor can go on the road and beat number 10 Oklahoma, then they'll jump Penn State. They should jump Utah. They should jump Oregon um, and be right up there at the 6 or 7 range. I think Minnesota is getting – I mean, I know their schedule hasn't been great, but they did just beat Penn State, you know, um, and now they're 8 and Penn State's only 9. Like, okay, you're going to give Penn State some credit for – a little bit of a, a bump for losing, but I, Minnesota I jumped up nine and Penn State dropped five. So I mean, yeah, I just think fair. I don't know. Big Ten team should be in there over any eight and one packed Pac twelve team. That's just my that's my opinion. I mean, I think it's I get that it is the SEC. I'm just gonna go back to my Baylor train. Why Auburn and Florida with two losses are above an undefeated Baylor team? They should at least be. Ranked number 11. Florida has a pretty bad loss, too, if I can't remember who it is off the top of my head. Um, they do have a who, – who, who have they lost to? Pretty they sure lost, one of them lost to Georgia, and they lost to LSU. Okay, not, neither of them are bad. Never mind. Yeah. Um, so, I, I get Florida being up there. Auburn. But Auburn, on the other hand, has lost to Florida and LSU. So, I mean, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, so it makes sense. I, I – Travis and I were talking that if it comes down at the end of the year and there's three undefeated teams, you got LSU if they're still undefeated, Ohio State if they're undefeated, and Clemson if they're undefeated, and then you have a bunch of one-loss teams left, you have to give it to Alabama. If Alabama not because they just gave it to Georgia. I don't think Georgia's going to end the year. Georgia won in the year with one loss, though, because they'll probably go to the SEC championship game and lose to LSU. Ooh, dude, but then you come into the thing – do you give it to – I don't know. That's tough. Alabama didn't go to the SEC championship game, so they didn't have the opportunity to lose that game. It depends on LSU and how they – like, first of all, Georgia's in a really bad spot. They really are. They could win – the only way Georgia goes is if they win the East and they beat LSU in the, in the SEC championship game. Assuming LSU gets there. I know LSU still has to play Auburn, don't they? No, they, no. they still have to play – LSU left on their schedule is Ole Miss, Arkansas, and AM. Uh, pretty fucking pretty big cakewalk there. They should go um, twelve they should go twelve and zero. Yep. Pretty big cakewalk there. The only way Georgia gets in is that they beat they went out and they go to the SC championship game and they beat LSU. 
Let's not get ahead of ourselves here. I mean, I know I'm big on Justin Fields and Ohio State, but they still have – they end the year with Penn State and Michigan. Oh, I know. No, I know. Ohio they State, do this to themselves every single year. Yeah, and I, and we always talk about the SEC being the upper echelon of college football, but at a certain point you do have to look at the Big, Big Ten. Ten. Clemson, they can fuck right off because they are in the easiest conference in the fucking face of the planet. They are a very quiet 10-0 this year. Clemson is going to be one at-the-time ranked team, and that is Texas A&M. Yep. That's yeah. it. That's pathetic. It's, and now look at Texas A&M. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, so given if, they are steamrolling teams, but still. So if it came down to it, let's, let's theoretically say LSU wins out, they go 12-0, obviously. Boom, easy, easy number one. Um, Clemson wins out, they go – 13 and 0, boom, easy number two. Let's say Ohio State does drop a game to Penn State or Michigan. Let's, let's say they drop the game to Penn State. I think they're in the same division, so Penn State would go to, or is Penn State, I think it would be Penn State would go to the college football, the Big Ten Championship game, and they are going to play an undefeated Minnesota. Let's just say that. And they lose the undefeated Minnesota. Does Ohio State have a chance to get back in? No. Could it be two Big Ten and two SEC teams is what I'm trying to get at? No, I'm sorry, because you have Clemson ACC in there. So if it came down to it, would you let in a one-loss SEC team or a one-loss Big Big, 12, Big Ten team? How about one-loss Big Ten team, Ohio State? Ohio, one-loss Ohio State or one-loss Bama? Bama losing LSU, Ohio State losing to Penn State. Man, I don't know. I'd have to go Bama just because their one-losses to the would be to 12-0. and 0. LSU. I think the committee would look at it the same, yeah. but I honestly think that Ohio. I mean, Bama didn't look all that impressive on Saturday. Their defense has some holes. It does, and I think is going to get kind of brought out if they make it to the playoff because these teams, like the upper echelon of teams this year, are incredible. Yeah, it's going to be so interesting coming down. I would the love to see. I would love to see an eighteen playoff. I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah, I mean, because if you have. If you were to go eight right now, it's clear. Like Penn State would be on the outside looking in. Fair, you just lost to Minnesota. Oklahoma would be on the outside looking in. Fair, you lost to fucking Kansas State. Florida and Auburn would be on the outside. Baylor being 9-0 and on the outside looking in would be bad. But I've always said at the end of the year, it always shapes up. Like if you go look at the final eight from last year, I mean, the final eight, it was clear because it was – Alabama at one at thirteen and zero, Clemson at two at thirteen and zero, Notre Dame at three at twelve and zero, Oklahoma at four twelve and one, and then you had Georgia at five eleven and two, Ohio State at six twelve and one, Michigan at seven ten and two, UCF at eight twelve and zero, and then a big dip. Nine was Washington at ten and three, ten Florida at nine and three, eleven LSU at nine and three. So a bunch of three loss teams there. I feel like the at the end of the year you could always look at the upper the top eight and boom that is clear. People are always like, well, if you're going to expand to four, if you're going to go from four to eight, you can go from eight to sixteen. No, I feel like the top eight is always clear. I mean, sixteen, then you're adding what four extra games in there? Yeah, three. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Quick math on top of my head. Four. But uh, either way, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how these last few weeks play out. I'd love to see something shake up. It is. We already saw a shakeup. We already saw saw shakeup from week one to week two. Um, we had LSU jumping Ohio State for number one. Um, Clemson and Georgia jumping Bama. Yep. Yep. But we'll see. Here's, how, yeah. I know. I know some teams. LSU's got a cakewalk schedule. Ohio State has a, has a tough road. Clemson's got a cakewalk schedule. Georgia, I think, has a pretty easy easy rest of the way. Um, so they kind of control their own destiny. Uh, and Bama really is kind of uh, Bama. I'm telling you, man, Bama's going to sneak in there in that four. Bama's spot. in a tough spot. It really, honestly, just depends. Yeah. Um, but we do have a few questions. Uh, that about does that does it for our college football playoff rankings. We're not going to bore you anymore with that. Um, questions from our followers or follower. We have a few of them. A lot of people are saying this. I saw this all over Twitter today. Um, and people are saying, is Jimmy Garoppolo the weak link of the 49ers? And I think these people need to jump off a bridge because look where the 49ers were last year without him. Yep. Yep. 
And that's all I'm going to say. I mean, that's all that needs to be said. The dude's thrown for 2,000 yards already this year. I mean, in an offense where you have two pretty good running backs, Matt Bredia and fucking Tevin Coleman, who – and how many picks did he throw last night? Two, three? I can't remember off the top of my head. I, I'm not sure. I mean, he's – Two of them were fault. He has 2,000 yards. Um, for his touchdown to interception ratio is not great. 14 touchdowns and eight picks. I mean, it's not incredible, but the dude is, he's a game manager. He came from the New England Patriots, Patriots where you are taught to be a game manager to win games. Yeah. I and mean, that's what he does. And that's what he's been doing. I mean, How are you going to say he's a weak link? Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. He's not the weak link. The you, there, for me, whoever's saying this, there is no there is no such thing as a weak link in an eight and one team. That's a solid I mean, fucking. Yeah, and I mean their defense had to give at some point. I talked about it last week on the podcast that they hadn't played a real team yet. They get, went up against a great offense and a great quarterback in Russell Wilson, and their defense still played well. Russell Wilson did not play a good game, actually. Russell Wilson had more turnovers in the fourth quarter and overtime last night than he had in this in, in, in the last 39 games. So yeah, let's Russell not, Wilson had one pick going into last night and he threw one in overtime. Yeah. Let's not sit here and talk about and say that the Niners defense played bad because they didn't. They didn't play bad, but I'm saying they haven't played an offense like that. And I mean it showed like you're not you, you haven't played a quarterback like Russell Wilson. He was able to complete passes that other quarterbacks have not been able to complete against them all a year. A fucking twenty-one yard run dagger at the NOT, dude. That was a dagger. Yeah, I mean he's he is a great quarterback, and we said at the beginning of the NFL season we respect Russell Wilson. He is undefeated, I think it was against teams. What was it like undefeated? Uh, he hasn't lost the game against teams that are undefeated after like week eight or something like that. He's beat them all. That's crazy. I think is what the stat was. But back so, to the original question, Jimmy G is not the weak link. I don't think so. Um, there's no weak link in that team. He's doing what he needs to do. My only thing, he need, does need to limit the turnovers, not just interceptions, but fumbles. He does need to learn to just tuck it and take a sack. I, as much as I, I hate to admit that, with a team with that level of a defense, with that caliber of a defense, you you don't need to try to force a fucking second and 18 and try to get – just take the sack, go to third and 20, punt away, and let your defense do work. I did see him – he fumbled a lot in the pocket last night. Yeah, he did. Um, which, I mean, that's just knocking some rust off. Yeah. Um, next question is – and. I don't think this is even a question. Is Oakland the best team in the AFC West? No, um, they're respectable. Absolutely not, but they are respectable. And I'll tell you why. I feel like they have – I'm not looking at a strength of schedule chart. I feel like they have a very, very, very easy schedule this year. Their wins have come against the Broncos at home, the Colts, the Bears, the struggling Lions two weeks ago, and the Chargers. And their upcoming schedule is the Bengals – the Jets, the Chiefs, the Titans, the Jags, the Chargers, and the Broncos. So right now, Oakland has. They're five and four. They're one game back of the Chiefs at six and four. Oakland actually has the second toughest schedule in the league. That's hard to believe. Cleveland's number one, so that's why. Okay, second tough of schedule because the teams that they have played that are tough, they've lost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they do have the second tough of schedule, though. Yeah. Uh, and then, I mean, they could very well finish the year at, what, five and four? They beat the Bengals. They beat the Jets. Uh, they could beat, you know. I mean, they could finish the season possibly nine and seven. That's not going to win the division, though. Mm-mm. I'm not saying it is. They've, they've played good football. 
but they are definitely not the best team in the AFC West. Gruden's got them trending in the right direction for sure. And they're streaky too. I mean, they, they won the first game of the year and then lost two in a row, won two in a row, lost two in a row, another one, two in a row. Um, that should extend to three because they play Cincy this week. But man, that'd be wild if they lost to the fucking Bengals at home. That would be that would that would show you that they are not the AFC West team to beat. Like Travis said, they got the Bengals and the Jets. They should be theoretically seven and four heading into a big Kansas City matchup on the first weekend of December. Um, then Tennessee, you know, who knows how the hell that's going to go? Jacksonville, yeah, they don't have an easy easy rest of the way. I I'm seeing more of an eight and eight year for them. They're not the best team in the NFC, in the in the AFC West, um, but they're respectable. And Chucky's got them heading heading in the right direction. Heading Chucky, heading 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 into Vegas next year. All right, last question from our follower: uh, Which conference championship game has more implications for the college football playoff, the SEC or the Big Ten? And we kind of just touched on this. Yeah. Um, and I got you. Got to really kind of think about it. I think it's the Big Ten as of right now. I think the SEC's kind of laid its course out. Um, LSU beat Bama. LSU kind of controls zone destiny with a pretty easy schedule the rest of the way. Um, and really, the only thing that can shake it up is if the team that wins the SEC East beats LSU in the SEC championship game. I think the Big Ten is bigger because you got Minnesota, you got Penn State, you got Michigan, you got Ohio State, you got all these teams that are kind of at play that could get that elusive Big Ten bid into the college football playoff. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I kind of agree. I think the SEC championship game is, is already figured out. It's Georgia versus LSU. So, which is, would be electric to go to, by the way. Yeah. It'd be amazing. Me and Jared have been, Jared's been twice. I've been once not in the new dome though, but it was something incredible to watch. It was. Um, so that, that does it for our first and 10 topics. We are going to throw in a on-the-spot, totally improv Mount yeah. Rushmore question. What do you want to do at Mount Rushmore before we, before we give it a week for these guys? We have done – we did TV sitcoms last time. Let's do Mount Rushmore of – a tough one. I'm trying to make it sports related, kind of. Let's do a Mount Rushmore. Fuck, this is hard. <laughs> it is hard to think of off the top of your head. We want to go sports related. Yeah, we'll do a Mount Rushmore of off the top of our head sports games that we've seen in our lifetime. So, like, like you, like live like in person no. not in person just sports games that we've watched you had to be watching it though okay like, I'll, I'll, be on TV? I'll, i want to go first probably gonna be game six no no that's fine <clears throat> all right that's on the 2011 11 world series yep that's on mine too i mean that game that's one and we will see you tomorrow night tomorrow night um, that's great. Mine is 2010 homecoming at Mizzou when we beat number one Oklahoma and college game day was there for the only time ever. And I will never forget when um, fucking God, uh, something McGaffey, it was his last name. It ended up being a nobody. But he re- like, I looked at one of my buddies, Josh Sherby, sitting next to me. Like we're middle center row, 50 yard line. I'm like, he, we're going to, I have a feeling we're going to return this opening kick. He fucking returns it for a touchdown. We win. We go up. We win. We rush the field. That for me was insane. At being being a freshman in college. Okay, I was not there yet. I was still a little baby. Um, my number two game, um, just for like the implications that it had, is going to be when Mizzou played. I believe it was was it Arkansas. The year that we clinched to go to the SEC championship game, uh, the one that I went to. That was Arkansas. The year before was Texas a Because Jarrett, Jarrett had bought our flight, our plane tickets to Atlanta. And uh, I, had he, 20, like, I had 24, had 24 hours. hours to cancel them. Uh, and then the 24 hours was running up. I think we were losing or tied at the time. Jarrett had 24 hours to cancel them to get a refund on his money. And uh, he canceled them at halftime. 
We come back. He rebooks them. We win. We rest the field. We go to the SEC championship game. Yeah, I mean, that's – Roller coaster of emotions. It was. It was. Sorry, these are going to be very biased, I guess, kind of ant- like like games. Um, oh, wait, was that Ar- – that wasn't Arkansas. It was uh, – year, The year you and I – you, me, and Cyrus went, it was Arkansas. No. Or year before was A&M when Josie had – Yeah, the- you're right. Okay, yeah. you're right. And that, and I did the same thing that year. Well, that year I didn't, I didn't cancel them because I was like, fuck it. I'm going to trust it. And like, remember I was so nervous and like we won and everyone's like, I'm so happy for you, man. Like blah, blah, blah. Um, that, that would be on mine, but I already got a Mizzou football moment. Got a Cardinals baseball moment. Um, one for me is when Mizzou basketball in 2009 played KU at home. Um, this is when, this is the year. It was the 0809 season. We made that big run down to the Elite Eight in the in the tournament. But we played KU at home. And fucking we were losing the balls inbounded to Zaire Taylor. We were losing by one. And Zaire Taylor fucking takes a last minute jumper, Michael Jordan style, as the buzzer hit. It fucking like clangs off the back of the iron and then comes up and just swishes down through the fucking net. You and I are watching some mom and dad's house together. Remember that game? Ah, oh, dude. From the top of my head, I do not. Dude. I'll have to show you the clip afterwards, but it was insane. So for me, like when Mizzou that year, when they beat KU at home, it was like one of my first best memories about Mizzou basketball. And we just kind of went on a tear after that. So that one's for All me. right. Shit. My third one. This is tough. It is. This is a toughie. Um, honestly. Because you almost want to go sentimental, but you got to think about all the amazing sports shit you've watched live. Man. Okay. Uh what Super Bowl? The uh I can't think of the Super Bowl number off the top of my head, but it has to be the uh Pats and Seahawks Super Bowl where they didn't throw it on the one yard line. Yep. Yep. I remember that like it was fucking yesterday. Just because of how close it was, like a Super Bowl coming down to the very last play of the game, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, I don't know the Super Bowl number off the top of my head because there's been way too many. But that one, <laughs> it was the one in 2015. I could tell you who intercepted the ball, but I couldn't tell you who fucking what number Super Bowl it was. Who was it? Who intercepted the ball? It was Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler. I can't. I suck dick at reading Roman numerals, but I believe what's XLIX. That's that is forty nine. Yep, 49. Super Bowl 49. Jesus, that's a fucking complicated Roman numeral. <laughs> right? Shouldn't right. be Roman numerals. I'm not even reading it. I'm hearing it after drinking. Yeah. So that that's a good one, too. I'm also going to go to a Super Bowl. And for me, it was the Pats and Eagles. When the Eagles did the Philly special, Nick yeah. Foles, big dick Nick, getting the, getting the MVP. Like, something about seeing – I mean, Philly has, has scummy-ass fans, but – Something about seeing them. Wow, I can't believe we just didn't mention the fucking Blues winning the cup. I have one left. Man, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to throw that one on there because it was special to me because I was on my honeymoon. So, uh, my my fourth one is the Blues clinching the Stanley Cup. The Stanley Cup actually. Um, no, I can't even consider that you know one of the best games because the game wasn't that good. Like it wasn't an intense game at all. You're talking about best game though. Yeah, you're yeah, right. You're talking about. Best game, so yeah, my take scratch it. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna replace it with back with the Super Bowl with the, with the Eagles and and the and the Pats with Nick Nick Foles and the Philly Special. And so p- people can hate me for my last one, but um, not at, that it was good by any means. But the fact that it was a roller coaster of emotions and super super fun game to watch. Um, game seven of the. 2000 and what would that have been 16 world series or 15 when the, whenever the cubs won Ooh. Uh, that game was so much fun to watch it went into extra innings you had the rain delay you had francisco lindor hit that fucking game tying home run fucking lebron so pumped because we wanted to see the cubs lose so bad yeah from the top of my head i think that's a creative one just because it didn't end in the way we wanted but it was fun to watch yeah, no, I agree. So that's that, that's a good one. So uh, Mount Rushmore of best sports games we've ever watched. 
Mine was game six of the 2000, 2011 World Series. Mizzou 2010 homecoming beating number one Oklahoma. Mizzou basketball beating um, KU at home on a Zaire Taylor buzzer beater in 09. And then Super Bowl 52. 2011 game six World Series. Mizzou versus Arkansas in 2014. Yep. Uh, Super Bowl 49. And then game seven of the – was that 2016? Yeah, it was, it was 2016. World Series. Yep. So that was a little fun one. Um, podcast is donezo for episode 56. We know we're getting like the middle of that weird lull in sports season. We appreciate you guys who are sticking with us and are sticking with us. It's going to get fun again whenever, um, you know, football season starts to come, playoff time, XFL comes around, NCAA basketball comes around. So – um, just keep writing it out, writing those lines because we're not losing money, really. Make the podcast great again. Make the podcast great again. Um, appreciate y'all. Peace out. See you next week. Peace. All she want to do is party all night. Goddamn, Roxanne. Never gonna love me, but it's alright. She think I'm an asshole. She think I'm a player. She keep running back, though. Only cause I pay her. Roxanne, Roxanne. All she want to do is party all night. Met her at a party in the hills, yeah. She just want to do it for the thrill, yeah. Shorty drive a poodle with no top. But if I throw this money, she gon' drop, ayy She don't wait in lines if it's too long She don't drive the whip unless the roof falls Only want a car when the cash out Only take the pick when the ass out She from Malibu, Malibu If you ain't got a foreign, then she laugh at you Malibu, Malibu Spending daddy's money with an attitude Roxanne, Roxanne, Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.